Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining BDO's podcast series, Getting to the Boardroom. I'm Nicole Ward-Parr, and in this series, I have the pleasure of hosting some of the most distinguished executives currently serving on public company boards to discuss their journeys and the paths that got them there. Today, I'd like to welcome C-Suite Executive and Public Company Board Member Alexa King. Alexa has served on the Board of Directors of Vocera Communications Incorporated since July 2016, where she sits on the Compensation Committee and chairs the Nominating Corporate Governance Committee. A frequent speaker on cybersecurity, Alexa leads the legal, stock administration, and privacy teams at the premier cybersecurity company, FireEye, as its executive vice president, general counsel, and corporate secretary. Before FireEye, Alexa was general counsel and corporate secretary of Aruba Networks, a provider of enterprise wireless networks. Alexa graduated magna cum laude from Harvard College with a degree in Eastern European Studies and received her JD from the UC Berkeley School of Law, where she was named to the Order of the Coif. Alexa, what an impressive background. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Well, thank you. It is a pleasure to be here, and I'm super excited to talk about this topic. It's very near and dear to my heart. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, let's jump into some of the questions then. I would love to know as you thought about board service and participating on a board, that that was going to be your next step. Tell us a little bit about the strategy or the approach that you used. Uh, And if indeed you leveraged your network, how might you have done that? Absolutely. Uh, So given my background and my experience, I had been in many, many boardrooms and board meetings for over 10, 15 years at the point that I decided I would love to join a board. And so given that experience, I knew that sitting directors are often the first people called for new opportunities, frequently by people with whom they sit on other boards. And the directors with whom I had worked had seen me in action and knew what I might be able to bring to the table if I were given the chance. So my first step was to reach out to them. And I told them that I aspired to serve on a company board and asked them to please keep me in mind if they heard of any opportunities, which I felt for which they felt I was suited and could add value. And then I had the same conversation with my CEO because I knew that he was on several other boards as well and had a lot of those same types of contacts. Excellent. And when you approached them, were there certain uh, sort of pearls of wisdom, if you will, or things that they shared with you uh, in terms of preparedness or things that you might do to prepare for, for being on a board? Specifically, they knew that I had been in enough board meetings to sort of know how how it worked. Um, what was really heartening is that they they were initially surprised. I think oftentimes um, corporate board members don't necessarily think of quote unquote the attorney as someone who would be interested in sitting on a board. 
but once they were initial, over their initial surprise across the board, no pun intended, um, all of the directors with whom I spoke were very supportive and said, wow, that's a great idea. I, I do think you could add value. You've sort of seen the movie a million times and lots of companies could benefit from that. I'll keep you in mind. And then what was really, really heartening for me is that many of them did recommend me for board opportunities. And that meant a lot to me, you know, that, that they did think highly enough of me to put their names behind me. Yeah, that's terrific. And that mentorship, right? That that's huge. And and tell me a little bit about uh, a particular champion or a mentor that really pushed for you and how they helped you attain that board role. Well, actually, one of the directors that I had approached, the only woman on on my company's board at the time, um, went the extra step. And she was someone that a lot of boards reach out to. I think a lot of boards at the time were interested in diversifying and looking to add qualified women, um, but, you know, only had a very small network from whom to pull. And so they, they reached out to her and she went the extra step of not only saying, no, you know, I'm really busy, but telling them that she knew someone who was very strong and, and could be a great ad if they were willing to be flexible on what they thought they were looking for. And so she really went to bat for me. She really talked with them about who I was and what I could bring to the table and why um, it could add value, even though it was different from the profile they had initially put together. And luckily for me, and kind of going back to the idea that oftentimes when looking for a new director, boards will draw from their network, that same board then reached out to my CEO, who knew that I was interested in joining a board and knew what I could bring to the table and also backed me. Um, you know, I think the lesson learned is it's a very small world. And for that main reason, it matters a lot that you tell people in your network what your aspirations are. Hopefully, you've made a good impression on them and that hopefully they will champion you. Um, I believe in that very strongly. I've, I've been a mentor throughout my career to up-and-coming attorneys and business folks. I think it's really important to do that and to pay it forward. And I will tell you, once I did get appointed to the board, I did my absolute best. And of course, I would have anyway, because I wanted to show up and give it my all, but also because it was so important to me and continues to be so important to me to reflect well on the people who were my champions and who had backed me and who put their names behind me. That, that means the world to me. Absolutely. And, you know, you said something really interesting um, about changing the minds or the perception of your background as it related to someone to be considered for a board role. And I think that bakes into the whole idea of diversity. And this has come up um, as I've spoken with people as a part of this series is, is really rethinking that notion of diversity. It's not gender, just gender or color, uh, but also background. Um, and that someone that doesn't have a traditional board background uh, could actually be a, a, a wonderful value add, right? And it sounds like that was your experience. Absolutely. And, and I think I benefited um, a lot from the fact that I had been in the boardroom with directors who had seen me in action. And I wasn't just a piece of paper to them that said, oh, you know, an attorney. Um, there's a reason why there's a lot of lawyer jokes. And, you know, people just have a prejudice about attorneys not being business-oriented, not being flexible, I mean, fill in the blank. Um, and so I was very lucky that the door opened for me and that I was able to hopefully prove that um, 
an attorney actually can bring a lot of value to the table because we really sit in the middle of every other business function at our companies. And so we, if we do our jobs right, are coordinators and communicators and problem solvers. And um, I think once people start thinking about the general counsel role in that way, it's much easier to add to a board. And to your point, truly add to the diversity of perspectives. In my role as chair of Non-Corp Gov at Vocera, I've um, spearheaded three searches and appointments in my time of new directors. And diversity has always been very important to Vocera. And the definition of diversity has evolved, even over the three years that I've been there. To your point, of course, gender, of course, race and ethnicity, also geography, also, the type of experience someone has had, what type of company, what type of industry. Osera, for example, is a medical communication company. Um, we've got a lot of folks on the board who are from the healthcare medical industry. But more recently, we've also added folks from Silicon Valley and other technology companies because there was an interest in faster moving, faster growing, faster scaling experience. And so there are a lot of different ways to think about diversity, and I think it's important to be diverse in that definition, so to speak. Absolutely. It's so important. Uh, that's that's a great example. And what, it sounds like great work that you've done on it. Uh, that's fantastic. And so going back to, again, when you when you were first getting on a board, there's what we know we know and what we know we don't know. And then, and then there's your ability to sort of self-identify those areas of expertise or value um, that you uniquely can bring. So how did you do that? How, how did you sort of go, wow, I'm in the boardroom and it looks like I've kind of got a gap over here? Or, <laughs> I mean, was that a yeah. process you went yep. through? Absolutely. And and I think it's a good process, right? I mean, to your point, I think the most important thing is to know what you know, know what you don't know, and know who to ask. And so I was lucky, again, because I had seen so many board meetings before, it did help me feel comfortable walking in on the first day in terms of the process. How does a board run? What are the expectations of directors? What's the difference between a director's fiduciary duties and an executive's day job duties? So I was comfortable um, in those areas. I was very comfortable being a cybersecurity expert, and the board did ask me at my first meeting to give a cybersecurity update to them on board duties related to cybersecurity. What I did to get comfortable with the parts that I did not know, for example, the industry of Vocera is very different from my day job company industry. I took a page out of the playbook of one director I particularly admire. And what she does is she sets up meetings with all members of the executive team after she is first appointed to a new board. And I did the same so that I could hit the ground running, both in terms of understanding the company's industry and business model, as well as starting to build relationships with management. And I felt that was very valuable because by my first meeting, I knew a little bit about how the company was run and who was running it. I thought that was um, great. And I've continued to do that. On my, during my time at Vocera. In addition, you know, one thing you, you have to tell yourself is I'm not here to be the health care industry expert. There are other people around the table who bring that. And the best thing I can do during those conversations is listen and learn and not necessarily feel the need to add my voice unless I've got something very valuable to say. And knowing that there are other people who have certain 
areas of expertise and you've got other areas of expertise, I think it helps you be a lot more comfortable um, in terms of the value you add and not needing to be able to touch on every single topic. Great, great examples there. And how did you prepare um, before you stepped into the room, boardroom? It sounds like you were able to self-identify some areas and, um, and lend expertise and, and, you know, and, and add value in different ways. Were, were there any classes, any trainings that you took, any sort of board preparedness? I didn't take formal trainings, um, again, just because I, I had had sort of on-the-job training for over a decade. But what I did do, as I mentioned, is to speak to each member of the executive team. I sat down with the CFO um, in particular and went over the financials because that's you know, not necessarily the area I was closest to. Um, I did sit down with the general counsel, and the first thing I said to him was, I am not interested in your job. I'm not interested in managing you. That is not my role as a director. I wanted him to feel very comfortable from that front, and I think it was helpful that I, I did that on day one. Um, on the other hand, I can be a an, an advocate for some of the initiatives that he's bringing forward at the board level um, around, for example, when GDPR was being enacted or around some other issues more recently. I think I've been able to partner with him and advocate for him in a way that maybe other board members haven't been able to. So again, I think it's getting to know the management, getting to know the business, understanding the areas you can add value, educating yourself on the areas where you're not as knowledgeable. Another thing I would mention is that it's important to build the relationships with your fellow board members. When I joined the board, many of the board members had been on the board for several years. And I would be a fool to not invite them to coffee, invite them to lunch, and get to know more closely the dynamic of the board, the way the board is run, what works and what doesn't. I spent um, the first year having quarterly coffees with the chairman of that board, and he was a great mentor to me and really coached me in terms of how to be the most successful board director I could be for that particular board with that particular dynamic and, and group of folks. And I'm, I'm very grateful to him. Excellent. And you mentioned that you've uh, had the opportunity to bring diversity um, to the board uh, and boards on which you've sat. Can you talk a little bit more about that, like what you're currently doing to facilitate further diversity on, on the boards with which you're involved? Absolutely. Well, I was very lucky because one of the reasons that Sarah reached out to me in the first place is because they were proactively interested in adding another woman. They already had a woman board member. They reached out to the woman who was on my board, and she in turn turned them on to me. So Vicera already was very focused on diversity. Um, in the time I've been on that board, as I mentioned, we've added three new board members. And so one of the things we've talked a lot about as a board is diversity of tenure. And, you know, every company will be different, but for Vicero, we've really sort of landed on, it's good to have board members in each trimester, if you will. You know, folks who are there from zero to three years, folks who are there from four to six years, and folks who are there from seven to 10 years. We don't have a board limit, but that sort of feels like uh, a nice life cycle of a board member. And I think that diversity is, is one that should not be overlooked because people bring different things to the table depending on their tenure on the board. You know, folks who've been on the board longer bring more familiarity, more longevity, more of a deeper understanding of the background, whereas a new set of eyes brings a new perspective and, and can be freed from some of the background, if you will. So that's been um, something that 
the syrup was actually been quite focused on over the last year. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, we've also thought a lot about industry experience. We don't need everyone on the board to be from Vocera's industry. In fact, it's useful to have some tech executives who, for example, maybe do more M&A. Um, and that's something that Vocera has done more of since I've been on the board. So I think um, just really being open-minded about what diversity means and how to be the strongest board we can be. That's really the name of the game is just, you know, with a diversity of opinions and outlooks, we can be a stronger board and more valuable to management. That's just an exceptional point you've made about tenure being a part of the diversity and one that I have not heard before. Uh, and I think your awareness of that and the different stages or trimesters, as you mentioned, and the value that people can add with that different perspective uh, is huge. Uh, and speaking of expectations, I would love to get your sense because you have had you're such a, a tenured board uh, member. Um, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on how boards have changed and sort of the expectations around being a board member, uh, how they're different now than they were, say, even 10 years ago, right? And let alone if we think back to the 20th century, right? Do you have a sense of that or could you can you weigh in on that at all? Yeah, I can certainly talk about what I've um, observed in my own experience. Um, so I will say even 10, 15, 20 years ago, not to date myself, obviously board members were very engaged and focused on their fiduciary duties. My sense is there's been um, an increased commitment to fulfilling those duties and to being as helpful to management as possible without taking on the role of management. And, you know, uh, I feel that for me, my board duties inform my day job and vice versa. And it's a very important line that I draw in a board. I am not there to run the business. I am there to help management be strategic and, and make the right decisions. Whereas in my day job, obviously, we are there to, to do the operational tactical work of running the business. And so I have seen board members really focus on what is my fiduciary duty? How do I be the best board member I can be? Take cybersecurity, for example. That was not anything that boards spoke of, in my experience, um, prior to about three or four years ago. Whereas now, more and more boards realize there's a board-level issue and are educating themselves on what is the board's fiduciary duty around cybersecurity and how does that differ from the CISO or the CEO's duty. Um, and so there's, I think, more interest in what are those duties, how do I fulfill them in the right way, and how do we really support management and be the best directors we can be. Fair enough. would love to hear any sort of additional advice or recommendations or insights for our listeners about getting to the boardroom that you might want to share. Anything, anything I didn't ask or, or I missed? <laughs> I, mean, I wish I could give you give you more pearls of wisdom, but I think really the answer for me, and I think for for most board members, now that I've had a chance to be on the other side as chair of NomCorp Gov, is be really clear about your aspirations and say it out loud and say it as often as you can to whomever will listen. Because although we now have more resources and bigger pools of of more diverse candidates, at the end of the day. There's always going to be a back channel. There's always going to be a network. There's always going to be people that you know and you trust that you go to first. And so the more people in your own network that know 
you would like to be on a board, you actually have bandwidth for a board. One of the questions I often get asked is, what do you have bandwidth to do a second board? And I always say, of course I do. My board work inspires me and energizes me, but that might not be what people would assume. So my advice is, say what you want, say it out loud, tell your network, and you know, just try to keep asking your champions to look for opportunities for you. Keep looking for opportunities to champion others. And, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, the door opens and you can walk in and do the best job you can do. Fantastic advice. Alexa, I can't thank you enough uh, for sharing part of your journey uh, and for all of the work that you're doing and the commitment that you show to bringing more diversity to the boardroom and clearly adding the value that you do. It's so important. So thank you very much and uh, certainly wishing you well. Thank you so much for joining. Well, you too. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure and I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash BDO Knows Governance.